It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. To, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The following podcast contains subject matter that may be disturbing to some listeners. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts and not the sponsors. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to Malice After Midnight with your hosts, Tina, Steve, and Christine. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello. Today, we're going to be doing it a little different. I'm going to be doing the episode, so that happens every once in a while, and this is one of those times. It's about damn time. (laughs) In a minute, I'm going to read this podcast. No. Anyway, so we're going to do Richard Ramirez, The Night Stalker. So if if you're still a fan, little Scotty, we're finally getting to it. Uh, This is going to be a two-parter because there's just a lot to it, and we kind of like to keep our episodes right around 30 to 40 minutes. So we're going to do this in two parts. But Richard Ramirez was born February 29th, 1960 in El Paso, Texas. He was the son of Mexican immigrants Mercedes and Julian Ramirez. Now, one thing I want to say, and, I, you know, we've talked about this before. I'm not one of those people that really thinks, I mean, no matter what your childhood was or what happened to you, it's still your fault if you become an ass and, and do all these terrible mm-hmm. things and kill people. Mm-hmm. Yes. But if anybody was ever going to be a product of their environment, it's Richard Ramirez. We're gonna get we're gonna get into this, and he's his childhood was like it was crazy. Richard was one of five children, all born with birth defects because of chem- yeah crazy, what? yeah. Um, they were all all his siblings were born with birth defects because their mother was exposed to chemical fumes uh, while working at a boot factory. So while she was pregnant, obviously. yes, well she worked there through her pregnancies. I'm I'm assuming uh, the defects ranged from respiratory troubles to bone deformities. That's a lot. Yeah, like I think after. Maybe the second one, I would have stopped. Yeah, but, I mean, they were immigrants, probably didn't have a lot of opportunities for work. And, I mean, you know, back this is this was in 1960, so they didn't really... I guess. You know, they didn't have, like... People weren't suing employers, yeah. and, you know, that kind of stuff wasn't really... People didn't know that they were having these kind of issues yeah. yet, you know. It didn't come till later when they started really having... Like, the EPA started really looking into stuff like that. And, yeah. yeah, true. You know, people were protected more. I'd also like to mention that in a prison interview, Richard said that his father was an alcoholic and a very, and had a very bad temper, and he would sometimes be abusive to his mother and the children, which I kind of find interesting because 
addiction can sometimes be hereditary. Mm-hmm. And we'll learn later how Richard started abusing alcohol and drugs at a very young age. Especially like alcoholism. Yeah. Well, I think addiction just in general. Yeah. You know, but because yeah. sometimes people be addicted to alcohol and then they'll also, if they start taking drugs, they'll be addicted mm-hmm. to those too just as easily. You know, like they say addictive personalities, but, you know, that goes beyond like yeah. alcoholism yeah. and stuff. It can be other things. Yeah. Another theme that happens in our show a lot is we talk about um, a lot of these killers have had suffered head traumas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Head injuries. And, and we know with like um, teeth. Teeth. What's his name? <laughs> what the fuck? What's his name? I keep teeth. <laughs> Um, uh, the confession, Henry. The confession killer, Henry. Oh, Henry. okay. Yeah. Okay, well, that makes sense. Well, yeah. But I was like, uh, Nanny Doss, remember? She fell on the train yeah. and hit her head on that. Henry Lee Lucas, thing. yeah. And, and anyway, the, they all had hindri- head injuries. Well, at age two, a dresser fell on Richard's head, mm. which left him with a big laceration. And at age five, he was knocked out by a swing. Yes. And after that, he suffered from epileptic seizures. That's terrible. I'm assuming like a swing set. I was, I was thinking yeah, like, like well, maybe somebody was on it, kicked him. I don't know. And yeah. him details. Back then there was those metal swings. Remember like yeah. the... Oh, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And like I said, you know, product of his uh, environment. So if, if anybody could be raised to be a serial killer, in my opinion, Richard Ramirez could possibly be that person. Yeah. Wow. At age 12, this is where it gets, this gets insane. So a little bit of a trigger warning here. There's some horrible details. At age 12, Richie, as his family called him, had a very evil influence on his life, Miguel Mike Ramirez. He was a decorated Green Beret who served in the Vietnam War. Miguel off, often bragged about the Vietnamese women who he raped, murdered, dismembered, and de- decapitated. Good God. Uh, yikes. He even kept Polaroids of his atrocities, which he later showed to little Richie. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, what heck, the heck? There should be an episode on him. He is a horrible person. Okay, so wait, stop. So he just, like, takes a Polaroid camera? Yeah. Like and to he, Vietnam? Yeah, and he like was known to brag about the stuff he did over there. And, you know, I find it interesting because if you think about it, wartime is a place for, like, people like that to thrive. Yeah. You know, like Miguel, he was obviously, a, he's a serial killer. He just killed people over in Vietnam. Yeah, true. I mean, Vietnamese women. and I mean, it's not like he was killing soldiers, yeah. you know. And, of course, yeah, I'm sure he did women. kill some and probably enjoyed it. But, you know, I mean, I, I mean, obviously, I support our troops and stuff. I'm just saying... That's a, that's a, I've heard stories. Vietnam War was. Yeah, but I mean, not just that, just of, of, I mean, I've seen on documentaries and other things too. I mean, we'll look at like the Nazis, mm-hmm. you know, the, uh, most, a lot of them were horrible people that did horrible things and used that as an excuse. So, I mean, and I've heard stories through Vietnam of, on both sides of sh- soldiers that did horrible things because they could get away with it. Yeah. Because nobody was watching them and they were out there trained killers, you know. So yeah, a place like that, I'm, I'm sure that. he thrived and it mm-hmm. said he was decorated. And he's probably, you know, probably since they didn't know what he was doing, you know. Yeah. He probably came off as like a really good soldier. But, but yeah, it was horrible. So how long was he over there? I think two tours. Right. Yeah. Miguel, I, sh- I also should say real quick that Miguel is Richie's cousin. Oh, okay. Older cousin. But anyway, uh, Miguel taught Richie skills he learned in the military, like killing with stealth and being able to hide at night, you know, not be seen. Nice. Yeah. What the heck, you know? On May 4th, 1973, Richard was even a witness when Miguel shot and killed his wife, Jessie, in the what? face with a handgun during a domestic dispute. Oh, my what? God. What? He shot her? Yeah, so Miguel killed his wife, and Richard Ramirez was a witness to that. Nice. That's terrible. Yeah. He was like 11, 12, something like that. Again, well, it was violence. 1973, so he was 13. This is kind of crazy here. Miguel was found not guilty of his wife's murder for what? reason of insanity. What? Oh, my gosh. Oh my yeah, God. Well, they said it was, the way I understand it, they said it was based on... Uh, 
post-traumatic stress disorder, so PTSD. So, okay. yeah, due to the war. So he spent several years in, in... I mean, just, you know, the fact that what he did over there doesn't... Well, that, I, mean, they didn't, I guess they didn't know. I mean, I mean, he told people, but I'm sure he well, didn't bring I'm it saying, up. Yeah. Like, so if he didn't go to prison... He went to a Texas State Mental Hospital. Mm, well. Uh, it was around that time that Richard moved in with his older sister, Ruth, whose husband, Roberto, was a peeping Tom. Nice. I'm telling you, his childhood, he was he was, he was cursed from the get-go. Um, and he would actually take Richard out with him when he went to go out peeping. Oh, my God. Yeah. I don't even know what to say. Yeah. By 1974, Richard Ramirez had already started using LSD frequently. So he's age 14. And by 1977, when Miguel was released from the mental hospital, he and Miguel wait picked a minute, up. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Released? Yeah. He he'd only was in there a few years. Because insanity just goes away. I guess. Like, I mean, I guess. I'm I not insane know. anymore. I mean, I'm cured. Crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, I think they're supposed to try to cure you well, back in society. Yeah. Ed Kemper, he went to he went to oh, insane yeah. asylum for killing his grandparents, and he got out. That is true. Because he knew what, this, what the right thing to say. Mm-hmm. I feel better. Yeah. So, like <laughs> I said, in 1977, when Miguel was released from the mental hospital, uh, him and Richie just picked up right where they left off, and My and God. they even bonded over their drug and alcohol abuse. Mm. Well, they said they didn't bond over like killing. Well, they kind of did because yeah, oh, yeah. You know, Richie was. It said like in interviews and stuff. Richard Ramirez was actually fascinated by the photos, and even wasn't like scared when he saw his cousin kill his wife. He was just kind of like fascinated by it too. That's that's just too much. It's very disturbing. Yeah. Uh, right around the same time was when Ramirez started his interest in Satan. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, well, you, you'll know, like, remember, you'll see later, like, we'll talk about it in the court cases, in the trial and stuff. Like, he's known for, like, having, like, pentagrams on his hand and stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. What kept you? Yeah. I mean, Satan's been away all this time. And I was like, and enter Satan. Yeah. Um, like I was watching an interview on A&E, and uh, Ramirez was quoted as saying, Satan is a stabilizing force in my life, and it gives me a reason to be an excuse to rationalize. Um, no. Also around this time, his sexual fantasies started to turn to bondage and BDSM and murder. And murder. Yeah, and murder. And murder. While he was in school, Ramirez took a job at a hotel and used his keys to rob sleeping customers. His keys? Yes, he had like the, like a, I'm, I'm assuming he was janitorial or something like that, so he had like a, a key that would open all the doors. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. And, uh, he That was, is not what I pictured. I was picturing like he had his keys in his pocket. And he was like, just, it was stupid. It was a stupid thought. You're like using his keys as a weapon? (laughs) He was using his keys to get in. He used to rob people, and I was like. Yeah, he used his keys to get in. got him in his pocket. You know how they put a gun in their pocket? Yeah, yeah. And that's why I was like. We're we're spending way too much time on that thought. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So he used his keys to get into the rooms of sleeping customers Thank and rob clarifying. them. Uh, he was fired after he tried to rape a woman in her hotel room and was caught by her husband, who actually beat him up. And this this him. sucks because maybe this could have changed the course of things a little bit. Uh, the charges were dropped because they lived out of state and didn't want to return to Texas to testify. Nice. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But he well, was, I understand. They had enough of Texas. This yeah, day. he was fired, though, from his job after all this. I hope um, so. Ramirez dropped out of high school in the ninth grade. And then later in 1982, at the age of 22, he moved to California. And this is where he began to commit burglaries to support his growing cocaine addiction. Mm. Cocaine. Don't they also call that the devil's dandruff? The devil's dandruff? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've heard that, Tina. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And I think with that, we'll go to commercial. (laughs) 
More with Tina, Steve, and Christine on Malice After Midnight, coming up. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And now, more of Malice After Midnight with your host, Tina, Steve, and Christine. This brings us to June 28th, 1984, which is Ramirez's first known crime as the Night Stalker. Mm-mm. Of course, they didn't call him the Night Stalker at this time, but... The 80s again. It's all 80s, baby. Richard broke into an apartment to burglarize it when he found 79-year-old Jenny Vincow asleep. He takes a knife from her apartment and mutilates her, nearly decapitating her. Oh, my gosh. Man. Detectives that worked the case said that Jenny fought for her life. Ramirez did leave a fingerprint on a window screen... When he was entering the apartment. That was his first crime. I mean, like his big crime. So he went big. Yeah. I mean, he did burglarizing and stuff, but that was his first like murder, I guess is what I should say. Yeah, but that's crazy. Like I see those shows. I mean, no, I see those memes and like, I feel like when we're hearing stuff like this <laughs> and you say he left a fingerprint when entering the apartment and there's, I've seen this one meme with this lady's like eating popcorn and she's like, dumbass. Yeah. I said that was his first victim. But actually, there was an earlier victim, but she wasn't actually linked to him until 2009 when his wow. DNA was linked to a sample obtained at the crime scene. So on April 10th, 1984, Ramirez murdered nine-year-old Meilum, a Chinese-American girl, in the basement of a San Francisco hotel where he was living. He raped and stabbed her to death and then hung her body from a pipe. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, and they think there was another person there. With him, like that, probably his cousin. Wow, yeah, well, that's a good thought. But (gasps) Christine, well, if it was his cousin, well, the the DNA would have been able to link cousin maybe because there was, I don't know what the there's nothing that they they have no idea who it was, but there's some evidence there that they said they thought another person might have been involved. Well, if it wasn't his cousin, it could have been the peeping Tom. Yes, yeah, case solved. The next crime I'm going to talk about is March 17th, 1985. Maria Hernandez, age 22, is in the garage of her home in Rosemead, California. She's startled by a noise. She turns around to find Ramirez standing in front of her, pointing a gun at her. She raises her hand to her face to shield her face when Ramirez fires. Fortunately for her, she was holding her keys in her hand, Ooh. and it deflected the bullet. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. That's a miracle. I know. She fell to the ground. Ramirez pushed her body out of the way before entering the house. Maria got up and ran down the alley, but soon heard another shot. Mm. Worried about her roommate, she ran back to the front of the house where she again encountered Ramirez. Mm. He was leaving the home. He dropped the gun to his side, like holding it in his hand, like dropped his arm down to his side, and he just walked away. Maria Hernandez's roommate, Dale Okazaki, wouldn't be so lucky. Oh, no. After Richard had shot Maria, he entered the home and saw the hands of Dale Okazaki resting on the kitchen counter. Hearing a shot, she had ducked behind it. She placed her hands on the counter to lift herself back up, but when she poked her head up to see where the perpetrator was, Ramirez was waiting, and he shot her in the face. Good God. That's awful. Dale Okazaki was 34 years old. That's so sad. Mm-hmm. So he was just, like, sitting there holding the gun, waiting for her to poke her head up. So she poked he saw her up hands. Her. He knew she was going to push up, mm-hmm. didn't he? One hour later in Monterey Park, Ramirez pulls 30-year-old Sai Liang Yu 
out of her car and shoots her twice in the chest. The one thing the police noted, though, was that it was the same caliber weapon was used for both crimes, a twenty two. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, so just, there's one clue, finally. You know, of course, they just started, but there's at least one clue. twenty-two caliber. So he's walked up. Is a twenty-two common for life? Yeah, and, you know, twenty-two is a small caliber, yeah. and it's not very powerful. I mean, it's powerful enough to kill. In fact, twenty-two sometimes is one of the more deadly because it'll shoot somebody, and then it'll, like, it won't exit. It'll just, like, bounce around inside. Yeah. But a lot of your cheaper guns, I think, are twenty-two caliber. One other thing is twenty-two calibers usually are smaller pistols, which are easy to conceal. So I think mm-hmm. that's another reason. And that's just kind of my opinion, but it kind of makes sense. Yeah. While Maria Hernandez was in the hospital, she gave police sketch artists the details needed to make the first rendition of this murderer, which, by the way, to me, looks absolutely nothing like Richard Ramirez. But <laughs> do they ever? I don't think they no. ever do any of these ones I've ever seen. I don't think they do. I, I see people go, it looks just like him. And I'm like, I well, don't the see only it. thing like was him. that thing. You remember that the, the bust that was made? Yes. That did. I remember that. Which one was that? The one, that, the one that's in, um, it's at Ripley's, isn't it? The bust? So. Were we going to go see it at Ripley's? The one with the chandelier. Remember that? Like they made that bus that on Unsolved Mysteries. Unsolved Mysteries. I mean, on oh, America's, yeah. Most America's Most Wanted. America's Most Wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Well, some of these artists' rendition remind me of like that leprechaun. <laughs> <laughs> that leprechaun's cash you're talking yes. about. Yes. What is it? Coleman? No, it's not Coleman. <laughs> but Alabama leprechaun. Alabama leprechaun. Oh yeah. <laughs> Look that up, people. It's hilarious. It is so. There's hilarious. like a news report, and they're like, "This reported seeing a leprechaun," and they show, it and it's like it's awful, like awful drawing. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Our next crime by Ramirez happened in March 27th, 1985. Oh, I want to do say all these are within this, like, a one-year span. Like, from 85 to 86, he went just on a spree. That is such a short time. But to them, it was probably, like, the longest year oh, ever. Oh, yeah. Well, plus, I mean, to be that, that many, you know. Yeah, that's a lot. March 27th, 1985, Ramirez enters a home in Whittier, California. He shoots 64-year-old Vincent Zazaria in the head while he sleeps on the couch. 44-year-old Maxine Zazara is found in the bed with several stab wounds above her vagina. She was raped, and her eyes had been cut out. Oh, my gosh. That is is graphic. Yeah, and apparently he took them with him. Oh, my. I can't stand him. So gross. What the heck? Well, the the eyes were not found at the scene, so I don't know what he did. I mean, maybe he took them and threw them out or whatever. But Hmm. A big break in the case was that a perfect shoe print had been left in the flower bed. And that wow. shoe print's going to be throughout the whole case. It, it's a nice, it's a big, big. So he like just walk through the flower bed. Yeah, just or? like dirt, you know, wow. flower bed of dirt, and he left a perfect shoe yeah, print. Yeah, that do it. Do, At do. the same time, there had been a series of child abductions where they were taken from their homes, sexually assaulted, and then released. And what? The, yes, and these were also linked to Ramirez later because really? of the shoe print. Yeah. So he didn't kill them. No, but he did abduct multiple children, rape them, and then release them. Like, one was a young girl. It was horrible. He, he abducted, took her out of her room, raped her repeatedly throughout the night, and then dropped her off at, like, a gas station and told her to call 911. What? I'm glad he didn't kill them, but yeah. he still ruined their lives. So, he's random. Like, he's doing all... Yeah, he doesn't have, like, a set... He doesn't have much of an M.O. Plan. Well, he does kind of the... I don't know. Not. I guess he really doesn't not have really. much. Not right now, anyway. Well, the rapes. He does do a lot of yeah, rapes. Yeah, he does do a lot of rapes. On May 14th, 1985, the day before Christine was born. Oh, my God. <laughs> a 66-year-old William Doy's home in Monterey Park was broken into. Ramirez beat William Doy until he was unconscious, then shoots him in the face. Damn. Jesus. Richard then restrains 44-year-old Lillian Doy with thumb cuffs. Where did he get thumb, thumb cuffs? I know. It's really random to me. Uh, he rapes her and then ransacks the home. Bill Doy dies later at the hospital. What is the point of thumb cuffs anyway? I don't know, but they talked about how her fingers were all ripped up. I guess they're real painful. Oh. I mean, it just cuffs your thumbs like a set of your wrists. I guess, yeah. I mean, 
Where do you even get It's them? just weird. I don't like, know. I don't know. It's weird. That's yeah. random. That's the first time I've ever heard anybody use thumb cuffs. On May 29th, 1985, Ramirez steals a car, breaks into the home of Mabel Bell and her invalid sister, 81-year-old Nettie Lang's home. What the heck? I know, where he attacks Nettie with a hammer. Oh, my God. He then binds the women and proceeds to attack Mabel. Then Richard uses lipstick to draw a pentagram on Mabel after raping her and again draws pentagrams on each of her bedroom walls. So, so he drew a pentagram on her. Yeah, this is when the Satan stuff starts to come into play. What the hell? The ladies are found alive two days later, but Mabel later dies due to her injuries. Christine is now 14 days old. So the invalid sister. Hey, were you just using your calculator? Is no, that what you're no. doing with your phone? I was <laughs> like, dang, Christine. I was waiting for the right spot. Like you kept saying it. I was like. Okay, so the invalid sister lived in the yes. other one. So yeah. she had to, I bet she had to go into a home. Mabel under Bell. That. That's sad because yeah. she's taking care of her. Yeah, Mabel Bell died. The next day, May 30th, Richard takes the stolen car to Burbank. Hey, this is like three days in a row, isn't it? He's just like, yeah. Yeah, well, the 20, yeah. Well, close, yeah. Carol Kyle, age 42, and her 11-year-old son are home when Ramirez breaks in. They are tied up, and then Carol is raped before Richard leaves. At least he didn't hurt her son. Yeah. Uh, his next I'm stop. I'm surprised, yeah, to be honest. His next stop is in Arcadia, California on July 2nd, 1985. The next victim isn't so lucky. Mary Louise Cannon, age 75, is attacked in her home and stabbed to death. Oh, my gosh. He didn't, I mean, he, old, I mean, he's young. Like he, just, old, was, yeah, he didn't yeah. care. It wasn't much, age. yeah, it wasn't like he had a certain, I think he just found a house he could break into and then did his crime. Somebody was there, it was over. Yeah. yeah. Just, just three awful. days later, on July 5th, 1985, Ramirez makes his way to Sierra Madre, California. This is when 16-year-old Whitney Bennett only remembers falling asleep when she wakes up in the hospital. She is later told that she was strangled with a telephone cord and beat with a tire iron. Oh, Dang, man. That is bad. I saw pictures of the, the scene. There was so much blood. Oh, my God. It was a horrible scene. So it probably and, looked like she died, didn't it? Well, it was terrible. And they show her in the hospital all wrapped up. It, it was amazing. She survived. That's crazy. Tire iron. Oh, God, that'd be so painful. But a familiar footprint was found in the blood on 16-year-old Whitney Bennett's pink comforter. Mm. Detectives knew it was the same one that was found outside the Zazara's home and also one at, at one of the child abductions. This is when police realized they had a serial killer on their hands. And that's going to be end of part one. Wow. That's a lot. That, that is a lot, lot for part I mean, one. I mean, I mean it wasn't very long, but the, a lot of crimes. And that's not even all of them. Yeah. When we get to part two, we're going to talk about the remainder of his crimes and then how he is caught and how the community helps catch him, which is a very cool story. I can't wait to tell. I think that's kind of neat. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, his crazy trial and everything. Oh he had God. women yeah. fans. Women fans, yeah. It was, it yeah. was horrible. So the craziness does not stop here. Does not stop here. So we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.